0: Well, when you're buying real estate, it's the same thing. You have to be treated like you would normally be treated if you were going to buy something. And most people forget that when they start communicating with people. Hey, I need to know you're real. I need this. I need this. I need your website. I need all these different things. I don't need a website to buy something. I'm not selling anything. I'm just going to write a check. And if I don't, if I like it, if I don't like it, I'm not going to buy it. It's that simple. It's that simple.
1: Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life.
0: Welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome to another exciting edition of our podcast. I'm very excited uh, for me and Frank and Gabe to give you all the information necessary for you to grow your business. And we are very pleased when you leave us great comments and of course share this on your social media. And I'm excited to share with you this episode where we're going to get into the most important element of negotiation, which is the fortune is in the follow-up. Most make an offer on a property, and if it gets refused, which is what it should be, most people make an offer hoping it gets accepted, which is terrible. We've discussed this, I believe, in other podcasts, where you don't want to make an offer that gets accepted. You want to get an offer that is rejected. That is part of the negotiation, because if you get an offer that is accepted, you paid too much. And in fact, it's most likely not going to close in the way that you expect it to. So I'm joined today, of course, with my two compadres, Gabriel Araish and Frank Galuccio, out of Montreal and Toronto, respectively. And I am uh, the fearless leader, Marco Kozlowski. And I'm excited today to uh, tackle this very, very important topic that most just don't do. So who wants to start discussing this? I'll ask Frank today to, uh, to go first. So Frank, how important is follow-up? And do you believe that you should be making an offer, it gets accepted, and then you never communicate with the seller again? Or what should we do?
2: I did. Uh, you know what? Well, well. Uh, thank you for having us. Hey, Gabe. Hey, uh, Marco. Actually, yeah, I did believe in that. And I think, you know what? I think 95% of the population wants to do that. They, everyone wants instant gratification right away. Like, Take my deal. Take my deal. They want the yes. They want the yes right away. And after going through your process, is like, man, it, it's an eye opener because it's a different format. You don't want to... Again, it's it's a shift in, in, in your mind change saying, Well, they rejected me, but you wanted it rejected because again, it and we mentioned this on previous podcasts, there's buyer's remorse and there's sellers remorse. Because the other guy's scratching his head saying, Shit, you know, maybe I could have got more because Frank said, Yes, I'll buy it. Right. It's a different shift when you have to think about. And for me, Like every business, you keep hearing it from every, you know, every successful person, they say, you know, the fortune's in the follow-up, the fortune's in the follow-up, the fortune's in the follow-up. Never did grab it, never did understand it from a real estate perspective, but I do now. Getting that rejection, getting that, starting the negotiations, that's basically like the two senseis. Uh, Marco, you mentioned that often. It's like the two senseis bowing, saying no, and then the other one says no, and that's game on. That's when the game starts. And until you know that... It's hard to comprehend for the average person if they don't understand the actual process.
0: Well, let's talk about your hotel that you bought in Florida. Now, you live in Toronto, and your hotel is in Florida, which is a, it's a long walk. It's difficult to get to in, in an afternoon. And I'm a big proponent of not investing where you live, but investing where it makes the most amount of sense so you can live anywhere in the world. So if you want to live in Hong Kong and you know spend $25,000 a week on your rent, you can if you have the real estate cash flow to support that. You can pretty much live anywhere you want. Now, you chose to buy a property in uh, in Florida. In fact, a lot of your holdings are in Florida. It's a, it's definitely a good state if you know what you're doing. And you bought them all at more than 30% off, again, following process. Now, the hotel that you... Fir- let's just walk through that for a second, if you don't mind. What was the first offer that you actually made on this property? If you can recall approximately, I won't hold you to the exact numbers because I know this was more than two years ago, but approximately.
2: Well, I know they're asking well over five half a million. And my offer was, oh my goodness, it was down like below the quarter of a million. So it was between two and two fifty. I was, it was was a lot lower.
0: It was a lot lower. So they were asking, no, this is an empty, this is just so everyone has some, some reference points here. This is a completely empty building. I think there were rats and cockroaches, dogs, homeless people, drug needles everywhere. It was a very, it was not in good shape. It was falling apart So this was a very a decent location, but it needed a lot of rehab. And uh, Frank has experience in this, so it was not you know something that he was necessarily afraid of. Now, if you're living in a different country, I don't recommend doing a rehab on your first deal. This is definitely not Frank's first uh, day at the zoo, so this made sense for Frank. Even though I said to Frank, I don't know if this is a good idea, he went through with it with eyes wide open, so it was fine. So you started off at two fifty, like under two fifty. And what did the seller say?
2: They said no. They and thought it was worth more. They said no. It's not going to happen. And that's where the game started. Yes, um, and that's, that's where, where it, the
0: fun begins. Yeah,
2: because I said no. I'm not going to give you higher based on the condition that it was. And Marco, yeah, that was a good picture you painted. I think you've been there. <laughs> I, <laughs> I actually was pictures. there when you got bitten <laughs> yeah. by a dog. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A homeless was-
0: a homeless person's dog bit Frank. Uh, we had to get the police, the ambulance. The rabies uh, shot. <laughs>
2: the, the fire truck was there. Oh no! I it was, was
0: a, <laughs> I was yeah. scared because it, it's funny because the homeless person actually had the tags for the dog that they had all their shots, which I thought was incredible. That you know, there's a homeless person that takes care of their dog much better than they can take care of almost themselves, which is anyway quite telling. It's actually also interesting, just as a sidebar, because I actually we did a Facebook Live while this while you were purchasing this. This is on my social media. And Frank got bitten by the dog right there, like right. And then live, live. Now the most disturbing part is people were more concerned about the dog than they were about Frank. And I, I was shocked by that. Don't kill the dog. Don't hurt the dog. I'll adopt this dog. No one gave a shit about Frank. Is Frank okay? Is Frank going to lose his leg?
3: Nope. Can we adopt Frank? Yes.
0: (laughs) It was all about the dog. And I was really like, what the heck? Like, you know, at what point did people, and I'm not saying the dog wasn't, you know, the dog was just protecting its homeless owner. So it's, the dog did nothing out of the ordinary other than, you know, Frank went very close to the homeless person a little too quickly, got a little bit zealous, was pissed off. Who the hell's on my property? Went right next to the person and... Wank, you know, God. I can still see it in my head where he's oh. literally shaking his leg and the dog is is on top. <laughs> literally, the dog is just flapping onto the meat of his leg. Oh. And I'm like, oh my God, you're going to have to go to the hospital and get like a lot of shots right now. Because if that thing has rabies, it's bad news bears.
2: Oh my God. You but know it, what? It, uh, it was scary. It, yeah, it is on your social media. It's still up there on the video. And it was a shit show. We had every vehicle there between police, ambulance, fire trucks, the, fu- the animal control, and then I think we had, you know, bystanders back there, spectators around there. And Marco's just filming on uh, Facebook. But anyways, yeah, with that, it was, listen, the hotel was, it was operational, but it was, it was uh, with the matches on the floor. It attracted the wrong people. It was run down. It had a Bible of code violations on it. It was pretty awful. So uh, yeah, I gave him a low offer for that reason. You know, they neglected the property for so many years. So I'm not going to give him full asking or even remotely close to it. So I know the process. I knew I had to come in with a low offer, but with justification. So I just want to emphasize that it was a low offer with justification. I gave him a reason why I'm at $200,000, which is basically you know $300,000 or more than $300,000 than he was asking. And I'm saying, listen, you know, we're okay with rolling up our sleeves. I go, but you neglected all this. So I'm taking your bricks. So I'm taking your... Problems. I'm inheriting them, and for me to do that, I need a, I need this at a good price because I know there's going to be a road to recovery and rehab and carrying charges and all that. So he said no, and I was okay with that. And that's where I think a lot of people, Marco and get, get hung up on. That right there, they feel the instinct that they have to say, okay, 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 okay. How about two twenty five? How about two twenty? Mm-hmm. They feel like they have to get the answer right then and there. That's, that's right. when you step away. And Marco, you call it the Colombo close. Or you you have to leave the store, excuse me.
0: But before we get into that, there's a few things you've said there that I think I really want to poke on. So number one is the way that you make the offer is not a testosterone filled, this is what I'm going to give you, take it or leave it, fuck off if you don't like it. It's not that at all. There's an art to making a very low offer in such a, you know, there's a masculine energy, which is like, and there's a feminine energy, which is very loving and very warm and very, you know. Caring caring, and you know, just enveloping in love. And you can take both of those things together and make an offer. Man, I would love to give you 500,000, but with all the things that Frank just discussed and all the risk and the carrying cost and the, the things that I'm going to have to deal with, I just can't give you any more than something under 250. So it's still making an offer, but in a very gentle way that is not going to offend. In fact, I have a strategy called the dollar offer where I make an offer for a dollar and it never upsets anyone. And I know many people think that's impossible, but there's a whole strategy around that. I also have something called a begging strategy where people beg me to make a low offer. Another you know, thing that I teach in my programs. But what Frank just said is extremely well delivered. I want to give you this. I can't because of this. And man, you know, you're going to have to come down on price. I'm just not going to do it. And then just let that settle. All right. The number's there. And then you have to let the seller really think about what just was communicated. You can't just immediately try to go up higher. There's a process where you have to really understand, let the seller understand exactly what was just said. Like meeting a friend. It's got to marinate. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like if I introduce Gabe, a friend, so a number is just like a friend. If I say, hey, Gabe, here's my friend. And at first you don't like my friend, but then you hang out with my friend. Eventually my friend becomes your friend. Mm Mm-hmm. And suddenly, Gabe's okay with my friend. So that's how you have to kind of take a look at it. At first, they might not get along, but the more time they spend together, they're eventually going to get along.
3: Because they're going to understand each other as well. And that's, I think, the main point here. And another thing that I'd like to add to what Frank's mentioned is that he's never made the seller the problem or the seller's price the problem. He's always made the numbers and the property the issue. And the condition of the property or the fact that there's no revenue in the property. It's always about the property isn't it. It's not a him, a her, a shim. It's not something that has feelings. So you can't hurt the property's feelings. And if it's not about the seller, then you're not hurting their feelings either. And I think that's what made this deal possible for Frank because of the way it's been delivered that way.
2: Absolutely. And actually, you know what? I'm very good friends with the previous owner. At least oh, I, th- th- I thought you were going to say the dog. No, not the dog. Well, the dog in the end, you know, uh, listen, in, in the end, I think, you know, everyone was petting the dogs. So the dog had a beef with me. <laughs> so, but like Marco said, I think I went in there too aggressively because I was upset. But besides that, yeah. So when I proposed my offer, you know, he didn't like it. And I said, listen, this is what it is. And I explained it. Uh, why? it is that way. And I go, you think about it. You let me know if you change your mind. And I left it to them. Ultimately, I hate the word convince. I don't want to convince anyone to do anything. This is what I can do for you. If you can't, I can respect that. I'll move on. I'll park my money somewhere else. And that's the attitude uh, that Marco teaches and his teachings. And I never had that before. And yeah.
0: It's really, really good. I'm just going to add a twist to that. It's not even that fact that I want to give this to you. It's the numbers that this is what the offer is possible. So it's not even me that or Frank that's making the decision. It's these are the, what the numbers can do. This is what we're able to write a check for today because of these numbers, because of these risk factors, it's, I want to give you as much as possible, but these numbers are terrible. And what Frank said, early, uh, sorry, uh, what Gabe said earlier, Gabriel said earlier is spot on. It's you love the human, but you hate the numbers. And yeah, so we've kind of gone on a, a few tangents here, but it's part of this follow-up process because if you don't make an offer that's significantly lower than what's being asked, you'll never know how low you can get it. And there's something called the art of the impasse, which I don't know if we've covered in past episodes. I believe we have, but there's an impasse, which is where the seller wants a certain amount and we want a lot less. And in that gap, there's a magic that can be created. And that's where all our deals live in this creative process through the impasse.
3: And I want to add that when you reach that, that's the point where I think most make the mistake of deciding to go up or saying yes as a buyer. And this is the part I think that's the most important, given that, you know, the topic here is, is fortunate is in the follow up. That's the time that usually can't make things work. You have to leave. You have to leave the store. You, ha- you can't be afraid. Say, you know what, this much, we can't get up there. We can't get to that number based on the numbers. So and you leave.
0: Let's talk about leaving the store, because you said if you're listening to this for the first time, you're like, what the hell are you talking about leaving the store? If you walk into a store and the storekeeper starts barking at you, I need a proof of funds, I need this, I need that. Before you even look at my goods, I need to see your bank statement. Before you even walk into my store, what are you going to do? You're going to leave the store. Well, when you're buying real estate, it's the same thing. You have to be treated like you would normally be treated if you were going to buy something. And most people forget that when they start communicating with people. Hey, I need to know you're real. I need this, I need this, I need your website, I need all these different things. I don't need a website to buy something. I'm not selling anything. I'm just going to write a check. And if I don't, if I like it, if I don't like it, I'm not going to buy it. It's that simple. So when Gabriel says, leave the store, it's something that we say within each other. And I want to make sure that everyone is clear on what that means. If you're not being treated in the way that you should be treated, you just leave. Or if you make an offer on a a good, if you're, for example, in Mexico, I was just in Mexico, and you make an offer on a good, sir, or, you know, a good of some kind. And if they don't like it, The the offer that you're going to make, you just leave. And guess what? That's part of the culture. They're going to chase you. That's just the part of the fun. They know the game. And the fact that you know the game and they know the game, it makes it a lot more fun. Negotiation doesn't have to be a battle. It can be a lot of fun. But I want to make sure that we're sticking on our timeline of, you know, the fortune is really in the follow-up. We've done a lot of cool little nuggets in here Was Unexpected, which is fabulous. One of the reasons I love doing this podcast is we start with something and we end with something else. But so we make our first offer. It's rejected. Like any other properties you bought, Gabe, there's no way, the first offer was never accepted and we don't want that. And then over time, we come back, they come back to us, we, you know, we go back and forth. And what was the final number, uh, Frank, on that asset? It was 300. So it went from 500 to 300. And so this, the owner feels, well, he was at, in the twos and I got him up to three. So that's how you have to look at it. So the owner feels like he won because he has this literally a shit show, right? You step into the property and you need shots. It's that bad, literally, because you've got dogs that are trying to eat you.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, we got to the three for a different reason. I started peeling the onion back and like part of your process is, you know, you become the doctor and say, you know, why are you selling? I already knew why I was selling. It was just a marriage that went bad with his other two partners, It outlived its expectancy, his life expectancy, and they wanted to part ways, which is fine. That happens, right? In a partnership. And then as I started peeling back, he came back with an amount. And again, this is over, guys, this is over at least three, four months, I would have to say, if not even five. So it was back and forth that way. Then as I understood why he needed what he needed and why he needed it, that allowed me to actually craft something even better that suits him. So I said that suits, and Marco, you say that often, what suits the seller? Not you. What suits the seller? Because the seller, ultimately, they don't give a shit about you. Let's just be honest. with you. Not, not in a, in a bad, they don't mean bad intentions towards you, but they don't really care. They're trying to solve their problem. And their problem is they need to get rid of that property. So as I peeled the onion back... That's when I found out, okay, he needs this. He needs to get out by here and this and that. So that was actually a creative solution that we came up to.
0: Do you mind sharing that?
2: Because Absolutely now, not. I'm, now I'm so intrigued. We went back and forth in a polite way. We hammered out a price of, I mean, it was 315 or 300 whatever it was.
0: Over months though, over months. It did not, it was not a five. It's, it, you can't rush baking the cake. I've said this many, many times. It's not just a quick, this is not a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It is a, it's a dance and it, it's a dance that can take a lot of months now, that, that's a $200,000 deduction on an asset that's worth well over a million dollars now after what Frank's done to it. It's worth well over a million. It's, and how you buy things is extremely important. If you're Costco, you don't buy things at retail. You buy things below wholesale so you can give it to your members at wholesale. Love Costco. Gabriel loves Costco. We're all Costco people here. If you don't like Costco, it's fine. We'll just not get along. We'll not be best friends, but it's okay. More Costco for me. But yeah, so it's a dance over a long period of time with a lot of no's. It was null yeses, and there was—I'm sure, Frank. There was weeks where you didn't talk to the seller at the same time. I really want to make sure that we're we're sticking to the fortunes in the follow-up. So you had to follow up. He followed up with you. I'm assuming, right?
2: Yes. It so basically I would poke him once in a while. So he came back to me after my initial offer. He goes, Hey, you know, this is what I can do. He came down to like 450 or something like that, or where it was, it was in the high fours. I was like, I appreciate. So I thanked him for his effort. I really thanked him for his efforts to to reduce the price whatever. It's just, we weren't there. The numbers weren't there for us to cut a check for that. And then we just left. I go, you're going to have to come down significantly lower. And he's like, you know, you know, I can't come that much lower. And then then again, we, we started the process that Marco, you put together. It's like, why can't you? Is there anything preventing you from going lower? And so he started unveiling certain aspects of what needs, like he was the money guy in the partnership. The partners, the other two partners, the two brothers, they wanted some cash out. uh, So they wanted like 50K. The other one just wanted to get paid because he was the money guy, but they never paid him anything. He was the mortgage guy. He was the bank in the partnership, but they never paid him nothing. So in the end, I agreed to pay him back the arrears that they didn't pay him on the interest. I agreed to sever his ties with the other two partners, which they're not fond of each other no more. So I gave them the 50,000. So once we agreed on a price, now we're into terms. And Marco that's what you say is you know we ha- you have a process to yeah so he Go left ahead. the mortgage
0: in place he financed it so you actually got financing from the owner exactly so you paid it, a little bit of the arrears yes you paid off it partners yes and the whole purchase price total was 300,000 ish
3: it was about yes. oh, 315 ish yes 315 and by paying the 50 grand to the partners, you've solved his problem, right? Just 100%. Right. They were That's gone. The they,
2: they can dissolve their partnership. That's what he wanted. That's what I understood. He wanted nothing to do with them and he they wanted nothing to do with him. In fact, actually, they invited me to dinner for helping them to solve. No, they really did. They go, you know what? Thanks, Frank. Because they had that struggle to get rid of that property. So they were out of the picture now. The partners were out of the picture. Now, did you use your 50 grand or did you use somebody else's 50 grand? Well, no, I used somebody else's 50 grand and I also got estimates on how much I would need to repair. So I kind of got a lender to give me the 50 grand to pay out the partner and for my repairs. So you kind of you did? It's, oh, you know, I did. It's a little bit
0: pregnant. You're either no, you no, are <laughs> or you're not.
2: <laughs> no, I did. I, I got a private lender to give me the 50K to pay the partners and for the renovations based on our estimate and the remaining amount, the seller, the other partner, He just held a note and he still has a note on it.
0: Very good. So no money out of your pocket and you leveraged no, 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 back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, create a relationship at the same time, figured out exactly what they need, followed up, followed up, followed up, and probably have almost a million dollars in equity in that thing.
2: More than a million. It's in Florida and it's doing quite well, even though, you know, with COVID it's doing quite well. But yeah, the the owner just wanted, he didn't really need the money. That's what he said. I don't need it, but you just have to sever it. So he's making money on his money. And, you know.
0: Finally, which he didn't do before. So we started high and build a relationship, went back and forth and created a million dollars just in the follow-up.
2: And that wouldn't have been possible without that follow-up strategy. And like you said, it's like baking a cake. It's nerve-wracking. I like instant gratification too, but it takes time. But once it does, you really understand. You're like, wow, okay, don't rush this process. Time and pressure. You keep saying it, Marco. Time and pressure.
0: So let's recap what we learned today because there's a lot of little things. So number one is obviously the fortune isn't the follow-up, meaning that it's okay to get a no. Be okay with the word no. It's a marathon. It's not a race. And if you have to leave the store, leave the store. And if you're making an offer, making, make, it, make it in a gentle yet forceful way. Love the human, but hate the numbers. We could do a podcast just on that, on each one of those topics. And just know that there's process. There's a process involved in taking someone from what they're really looking for to what they actually need. Everyone wants as much as possible, but what do they really need? And Frank has learned this extremely well, as is Gabriel. I can't take that away from Gabriel because they both learned this extremely well. That's why they're here with me. Is we create solutions based on what the seller needs, not what we're willing to do. And the solutions are crafted by what they need and what the numbers will allow you to do. And there's an education process how to combine those two things. And if you really help solve other people's problems, which in Frank's case was give the seller the 50K to get rid of his partners, the hemorrhoids, the pain in the ass that he had, got rid of those. And as soon as he got rid of those, he was able to have the seller in back in good graces and then start carrying a mortgage again and creating a solution that where he can really take care of the seller. The seller takes care of him. They all love each other. And through that follow-up process, Frank made over a million dollars just on that hotel, which is not a bad day at the office, considering he lives in Canada. A million dollars US is like $1 billion. So it's pretty Yeah, easy. it is.
2: It, it was a journey, that's for sure. And yeah, without that education, I would have definitely not gone through that or even had the patience. I don't have the patience for that, but now I
3: do because I can appreciate it.
0: Well, I think we nailed it. Gabriel, any last thoughts?
3: The magic words, has it sold yet? <laughs>
0: yeah has it sold yet? Are you ready for my money? When would you like us to write a check at the right number? There's a whole bunch of great phrases that I empower people with that have been time tested over 21 years. And I'm just super excited to have you both on today and share your experiences. And I really appreciate it. Very grateful for you, Gabriel and Frank, also the listener. I hope this was a great episode. If it was, please share it. Please comment on it. The more comments we have, the better. We definitely are committed to being the number one real estate podcast on iTunes and just be part of your day and your journey to success and to wealth. So you can do what you love and not do what you have to do, but do what you love to do and with the people that you love as well, or escape the people that you don't love. So you can have the lifestyle of your dreams, the lifestyle that you want, because you only have one life, so make it count. Thanks, everyone. Have a great evening or a great day or a great morning, no matter where you are on this planet.
1: If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, This course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to GetDealsByTuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.